I just want to mention something before we get started. Mm-hmm. I watched that film you recommended me the last the last day. Which one? Oh shit! What film? The film with the horse. It was the Lumiere brothers. The first <laughs> film ever made. Yeah, man, it's great. That That's film is a piece of shit. What? I don't understand. What, the first film ever made. Man rides on horse. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> understand how films managed to continue to be made after that piece of garbage was shown to the world. It is quite a boring plot, of the honest. So unsimulating. Just riddled with government conspiracies. Mm. Um, midway through, I was just like, I can't believe Such I still propaganda have propaganda as well. Yeah, <laughs> midway through, I was like, I can't believe there's a whole movie left. Trying to show me that horses exist. I had to go to the toilet at least twice when I was watching that. (laughs) I can't believe you recommend this was horse shit to me. That wasn't intentional. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little joke. (laughs) To be Sebastian came over recently. I became so obsessed with the idea of someone watching the first film ever made, which is literally just 10 seconds of a horse, a man riding on a horse. (laughs) <laughs> if someone watching that being like this film is shit yeah. what the fuck <laughs> this is so bad so unstimulating anyhow welcome to Dylan and Sebastian of Simpsons podcast welcome the podcast back. yeah and myself and Sebastian here have to spread the world of our own conspiracy theories mm-hmm. yeah spread our own Any gospel example? that horse is airing real Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure I fed one the other day. So what? No, it was just a man in a suit. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How could you fall for that? That's just like Disney Channel level, fucking Disney Channel, Disneyland level of fucking like costume wearing. There, like we you know sort of costumes, but still obviously not real. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So like horse racing is just jockeys riding other jockeys. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Let's see what they dressed like they're obviously gay <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've lost all our jockey audiences now sorry guys it's been a while though it while. has been a while yeah sorry we were gone for so long we didn't even know before we when we did the last podcast like I was gone to Ireland for a week and then when I came back Sebastian went to Brighton for a week so you know we've both just been escaping each other we've had two weeks of discovering ourselves yeah. and you know discovering the world and stuff like that and we came back and so on to do the podcast you know yeah, I feel like I've changed a little bit. Yeah, we're changed yeah. men. Absolutely. I'm uh, pansexual now. Oh, yeah. well, congrats. Mm. I, don't, I don't even quite know what that is, but it's gonna go. I am now pansexual. Does it mean you're uh, attracted to frying pans? <laughs> <laughs> I'd fuck this shit out of a good frying pan, man. Like an egg inside it? Mmm. Mm. <laughs> but the yolks last to be like a little runny. Anyway, <laughs> today's episode. Today we're reviewing Lisa the Boy Scout. Which is the third episode of the 34th season, and we'll just jump into it. Go for it. Yeah, so we open up on a quick but fun little couch gag. No family members. Uh, I was underwhelmed. Really? I mean, yeah, I was slightly yeah. underwhelmed. Yeah, not every couch gag is going to be, <laughs> yeah. you know, what was like the really good one recently, like the, the, the Google Dinosaur game one. Something that was going to be quick and silly. It, it was literally no family members, it was just a Scrabble board. Of like a, a mishmash of letters, and eventually it spelled out couch gag. I was thinking about it though. I, I feel like, as far as my memory concerns me, this is the first one that didn't have any of the family in it. Do you think? There I mu- can't no, there recall one. Some. There's ones where you could argue it's not like there's there's one where, like the whole family comes in, but they all have Moe's face, so it's like not technically the family. Okay. Not one that I can recall. No. First one where there's no human 
like any human being full stop yeah. yeah like there's ones right there they're animals or they're sea creatures and stuff like that but yeah no human beings of any kind no characters on the show mm. you know yeah very weird but anyway jumping into the episode we open up and uh, Bart is getting ready for his first day as a scout and Homer hands him his trusted old uh, trumpet bluey he does like a, just a classic like boy scout rendition and he is then horrified to learn that Lisa has joined the scouts too and has already earned the badge for environmentalism badge earning and sibling rivalry and they start fighting each other and marriage breaks it up and then the episode gets hijacked Attention, corporate overlords. We are Pseudonymous, and we have taken over this broadcast. We are the anarchist collective of nameless hacktivists who published the internal emails of Waffle House and brought Home Depot's Find a Store Near You feature to its knees. This is very clever. The way they marked this episode was so... Oh, brilliant. So good. And, and the thing is, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was watching it and I was like, okay, you know, standard. It's going to be... Of course, you know, yeah, it tricked you. Something to do with Bart and Lisa. <laughs> and out, so. yes, I, I was mentally prepared to watch that. And Here goes yeah. a Bog Standard Simpsons episode, yeah. It was done so cleverly because even on the ads for the episode and everything... Have it was all like, oh, this week Lisa and Bart joined the scouts. You know, it was advertised just like a very plain regular Simpsons episode. So well done. It's funny because even like at Comic Con last summer, Matt Selman, the showrunner, said they were going to do an episode like addresses all the conspiracy theories surrounding the show and stuff like that. And the names of all the episodes of the season came out, and they were like, oh, none of these episodes match, or none of these titles match like what he was talking about. That's really weird. But yeah, there you go. It was it was all hidden. But yeah, the episode gets hijacked by. An organization called Pseudonymous. They have now hacked into the Disney Corporation and will be showing unused footage from The Simpsons that could destroy the very IP itself until they pay them $20 million in Bitcoin. So then the rest of the episode is literally just like almost like a sketch show of like yeah addressing different theories surrounding the show, stuff like that. And it's so weird and wonderful. Yeah, let's just get into it. So the first one was the truth about Lenny. They're all at Moe's and Carol is horrified to learn that Lenny never existed as Lenny fades away beside him. And Homer reveals it was trauma from finding out that his other friend wasn't real. It's kind of a thing with you. And then Carol starts talking to nobody beside him. He's like, oh, hey, what's your name? Nice to meet you, Stephen. And there's a guy called Stephen appears and they shake hands. And Moe's goes, ah, here we go again and hands them two beers. We didn't cut back to the pseudonymous people. And you know, they have like one of those voice changer things. It's like, now you see, we mean business, Disney. Now pay us 20 million and we will keep airing these nonsensical scenes that were never meant to be shown. We then get the next one is Don't Have a Prediction Man. Brilliant one. It's the family in the very first episode, Simpsons Broken on Open Fire. Yeah. And it's in that same animation style. Very well done. And they're celebrating getting Santa the Helper, and Bart's like, What's his name? And Homer's like, uh, Number eight. Yeah, I mean Santa the Helper. It was weird to see. The old-fashioned animation, but it's the new Homer voice. Well, you know, he's not talking like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought they, they should have, for a laugh, had done that. Had to let do yeah. the old-fashioned voice. Because yeah, they have done that before, too. But, yeah. And then Bart from the Future appears, and he's here to tell them facts of the future so that they can make uncannily accurate predictions, such as that the 2016 Nobel Prize in Economics will go to uh, Bender Hon- Honstrong, and Marge is like, why would anyone care if we predicted that? I was like, oh, they will. 
She's like, anything more impressive? The Trump becomes president. Lisa's like, oh, less impressive, less impressive. He's like, uh, oh, Brazil beats, or Germany beats Brazil in the World Cup, which is a real thing that they predicted. Uh, talk about pandemics and, oh, Disney buys Fox. And they both go under? Like, no, they both get absorbed by Panda Express. Pretty much everything is Panda Express now. And they're all like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. And Homer's just, hmm, orange chicken. Jump to the next one. It's called... What is orange chicken? I don't know. I've never had it. I, I was doing some yeah. of the Panda Express, too. Have you yeah. had orange chicken? No, I don't no. know what it is. Is it just, like, chicken with, like, some sort of an orangey kind of... Maybe, yeah. ...flavoring? Bast around it doesn't sound very appealing to me, but no. maybe Panda Express. I've never even been to a Panda Express. I don't know. I no, it's just like a bog standard Chinese. Yeah, yeah, I would assume so. Probably not anything exceptional. Yeah, the next one is Yarde Blow. It's the sea captain. This was a weird one. The sea captain and Willie getting caught in, in a like a massive storm what, what, what at interesting sea. Interesting relationship. That yeah, that's like, never been explored. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely see them being friends. But kind of like immigrants in Springfield. Mm. They're, they're, they're in a massive storm. They're like throwing back alcohol to ease the stress. Then the boat catches fire. And for the whole thing, they didn't even speak. They're just going, Arr, oi, arr, oi. This is the whole way that they're communicating with each other. Uh, Willie tries to take out the fire by hitting it with his feet. And the sea captain's like pointing out the fire signature to him. He grabs that and starts hitting that. with Hitting the fire with that. And then it eventually extinguishes and the fire goes away and they're both relieved then they just get caught up in a massive wave next one 21 chump street well, this is the real theory it's like one of my favorites it's so stupid but martin uh, martin arrives home getting out of the school bus he's like toodaloo and he skips to the house and then he sighs and he shuts the door he throws off his t-shirt it has like a like a, a vest and a huge belly sticking out is that you babe yeah yeah i'm home it ain't school for daddy, sweetheart. It's work. Soul-sucking, grueling work. And his wife goes up and is like, why don't you just leave the school? So this is the theory that, like, Martin is actually, like, an undercover police officer yeah. <laughs> working in Springfield Elementary. And he's like, I, I, I can't. The force wants someone inside the school. <laughs> One of my favorite lines of the whole episode, his wife Doreen just goes, but you're out every day till 3 p.m. Four if there's chess club. <laughs> it's like, you think I want to go to chess club, Doreen? No, Martin wants to go to chess club. And he like grabs a bottle of Duff and just throws it back. She's like, I'm starting to lose sight of where Martin ends and Reggie begins. <laughs> you're right. I've lost sight of who I am. It's just ever since I was diagnosed with this, I didn't want it to stop me. I want to make something of myself. He promises to be there more for his wife and his two beautiful children. And Doreen just goes, don't you mean three? <laughs> He's like, you mean it? And they kiss. Give me the cut back to the pseudonymous people. They're confused that they still haven't gotten the money. But I was actually, sorry, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. about th that um, sketch. Yeah. Does it mean, I was thinking maybe this conspiracy is true because they show him drinking. And like... Isn't there a rule that you can't show people underage drinking? <laughs> well, I only that I would... guess in the context of the sketch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although I feel like that doesn't that doesn't matter in cartoons. Maybe not. Yeah. In Homer versus the Eighth Commandment, you see Barrett on St. Patrick's Day drinking Duff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy it's like a, a, that's how that's how Duff becomes illegal in that episode, or beer becomes illegal in that episode, okay. and he's like. Waste off his mind, like throws up into a megaphone and stuff. 
like, probably well, doesn't matter like, exactly. Obviously, cartoons can, but I meant because Simpsons is like a twelve. Yeah, well, you, you've yeah. you've seen it already, but okay. yeah, at, at the same time, I do think in the context of the scene, he is the undercover adult police officer. Yeah. So even even in that regard, I don't think it matters. But obviously, yeah, an actual child actor, you couldn't see drinking beer for sure. So the pseudonymous people are they're confused that they still haven't gotten the money. And it's like. Don't they see how un- how nonsensical these scenes are? I mean, how could Martin be an undercover cop? And the female one is like, maybe I overestimated how much they would care about Lenny. He's like, oh no, no, you're one of the best hackers around. Remember when you shut down the Newark airport? No one went home for Thanksgiving. And their voices turned normal. And the female one is like, Wait, why did the voice, the voice uh, switchers turn off? The the male one is British and he's like, oh, my free trial must have expired. I I never bought premium. And she immediately like, loves his accent. It's like, oh, that must be delightful for your wife or girlfriend. It's like, oh, no, I'm desperately single. Nary romantic appointment in my schedule. And I say that last part again. Schedule. They start kissing like over their masks. And she's like, how about I just keep running a few more clips so that we can total the capitalist, the capitalist system and that, that that's paid for... And it's paid for political enablers. And they cut to the clip and they start kissing again. The next one is Lisa learns French. Probably the darkest one. It's Lisa reporting to... Re- reporting on a burning building in French. And she's speaking in, in, in French to the person over the phone. But they're in Springfield. And the guy is like, I can't understand you. She explains in French that she's taking a class and has to speak it for two weeks. And like, I can't help, I can't understand you. Like, but it's a really good class. And a man runs out of the building on fire. And he's like, please, won't someone save us? And a bunch of farm animals run out. And in French again, she's like, it's approaching a building of... Uh, she can't think of the French word, just says it in English. Fireworks. And the building catches fire. And she's just like, ah, never mind. Next clip, field cold of dreams. Such a weird one. Homer has mowed down a cornfield to lure the ghosts of football's greatest players. <laughs> and they they appear, but he doesn't recognise any of them. And he realises that he built a Canadian football field. And they all just start bashing into each other and like, oh, sorry, oh, oh, sorry. And one of them goes up and is like, hey, Homer, go for a long run? Yeah, shut up, Flutie. <laughs> Next one is John Frank of Mars. Clearly, like a parody of the Martian. Very funny one. Yeah. Professor Frick is reporting from Mars. He's stranded, saying that his crewmates abandoned him here. I suspect my fellow astronauts left me behind on purpose. As from the bathroom, I did hear the giggling and the shushing and the blast off quick before he's done tinkling. We can cut to, and he's made tons of crops and he even built robots to keep himself company. And to speed up the process of building a new ship to get them home. Then all these clone robots of Frank take off without him. Yeah. (laughs) So good. You just hear one of them going, leaving. (laughs) It just ends with him going, ah, flaving me in the clavin. Yes. I love this one. That was so funny. Just just like the concept like that he would make clones of himself. And even they would want to escape from him. That's just like how unbearable this man is. We didn't cut to Homer Simpson. Apology to Finland. It's just Homer on his iPhone talking to <laughs> the people of Finland. I didn't know the context of this. So what this is actually a reference to is an episode from seasons and seasons ago. Season yeah. 9 called Simpson Tide where Homer joins the Navy. There's a bit at the end where it's like 
however the, the the conflict wraps up is that russia goes back to being like the soviet union mm-hmm. and they mentioned finland as being part of the soviet union but that was incorrect information incorrect fact it's norway that they were confused with not finland but it's over apologizing to finland saying that though he has done many episodes he mixed them up with norway once and if he knew an easy slip up of the tongue would offend the whole nation he would never have made a joke about the Finns, and he apologizes profusely once more to the South Americans and hopes that they can find it in their hearts to forgive him. Yeah, just... I love that. <laughs> so I love great. The, the, the fuck you. Yeah, totally. And there's just a long pause, and he's like, What do you mean I had to record it again? <laughs> yeah, so good. I was actually listening to commentary a few days ago of a similar situation of a streetcar named Marriage. Yeah. You know, in that episode, it's like, there's like a whole musical about like, how shit New Orleans is. Yeah, yeah. So apparently when that episode came out, the New Orleans were like super offended. And one of the showrunners, Mike Reese, was saying like this, um, they were meant to have like a float of Bart Simpson at the Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans. And that year they got rid of it because of that episode. And he ran into some New Orleans man at like, um, at like a bar in, in New York. And the guy asked like, was he going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras that year? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, me, me, my wife intend to. And then he was like, if I see you, they're going to punch you in the face. If I see you in my hometown. Like, they were so offended and just couldn't so take a fucking soft, joke. Man. Like, it's yeah, so exactly. Soft. So pathetic. It's so funny. Like, I, I love that they did not erase that episode or, like, cut that scene or anything like that. They kept that as it is, despite how much it offended people. It's just like, hey, we brought it out here. This is what it is, you know? And it's also, like, because they're one of the best episodes of the whole show. So why would you? But, yeah, it is, it is just ridiculous. Just how people can't take a joke. I mean, not, not, not to like brag about my own people, but I always think Irish people are a good example of people who can just take this. You know what I mean? There's always jokes being thrown at us about that we're alcoholics and stuff like that. And where where these jokes do come from a place of realness? You know what I mean? Like, course, we can take yeah. it. They bring out a, an episode where the whole family goes to Ireland. The whole episode's in Ireland. Constant jokes like that being made. Leprechauns, accents, stuff like that. And, like, no one was complaining. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's a joke. It's yeah. a joke, yeah, exactly. We can take a joke. It's ridiculous. It's th- this concept of, like, you can joke about anything except for... Actually, Chris Rock spoke about it brilliantly in his special unless selective outrage. it's relevant to me. Yeah, yeah it's relevant to me. You can't talk about anything else. Totally fine. You can make jokes about the Holocaust or 9-11 because yeah, yeah, that yeah. didn't affect me personally. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. It's, just, it, it, it's so... um, What's the word? Like entitled and selfish mm-hmm. you know what i mean but anyway next clip is the seduction of seymour skinner it's skinner and agnes uh, eating and he's like chewing really loudly not, not even that loudly and agnes is like you chew too loud <laughs> it's like for now on only two chews per bite and skinner's like i must be excused a moment and he messages a woman saying that he needs to see her and he arrives at a motel he's like i deserve this i deserve to feel good he puts on the sky, just like a wig and a mustache, and he goes in. And it's just like a a woman, like like a mother, waiting for him in a room, and she's knitting him a shirt. <laughs> and he's like, I can't wait any longer. And it just cuts to like her making him a hot dog by candlelight. <laughs> and and another clip of her like cutting up the crust for his sandwich, and another clip of, like him taking off his clothes. And at this point, like, oh, okay, it it is sexual. Panel to the bed, and he's just in his pajamas watching a cartoon on TV. <laughs> Uh, we didn't cut to like the beds rocking pan out it's just because he's making a birdhouse with a saw in like a really flawed way like yeah. the, the saw would have reached his leg and <laughs> cut his legs off we didn't cut to him leaving and he's like oh I almost forgot and he just gives her a world's greatest mom bug and it's like just made horribly like, like, like it was made by a toddler with clay 
<laughs> and he walks out and he takes off his disguise and he's like, if only she was my real mother. And we cut back to the mom. She takes off the mask and it's Agnes. He's like, if only he was my real son. Which is clearly a reference to Skinner being an imposter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I was waiting for the reference to be made. Brilliant little dig. Next clip is, uh, this is such a weird episode. I mean, if you can already tell, this is a weird episode to try and like tell you know it's all over the place yeah but like intentionally yeah. so it, it, it's because it's, it's it's like a series of cutaways almost like in, in a family guy type way you know what I mean it's like a sketch show so it definitely isn't as fluid me talking about it it's just, okay next clip you know but yeah the next one is Homer's stash grab Homer's mowing the lawn we can't see the front of his face and uh, Ned comes out of the window and he's like asking Homer if he's seen his mustache we see he has none and Homer's like, hmm, let me think. Turns around, we see that he's wearing his mustache at the bottom of his face like a goatee. He's like, let me think. Stroking his goatee, I always had. Stroking, stroking. And it's like, that's it, boys. We're Jewish now. <laughs> and the guy says, yay, and shalom. <laughs> Next clip, spider fan, turn off the snark. One of my favorite ones. It's comic book guy, but he's like really chirpy and giddy. He's in a crusty bird eating a burger. He's just giving it a glowing review. He's like, from bun to pickle, a masterpiece. The exquisite flavor is matched only by the peerless mouthfeel. Five stars. You got him reading a Casper comic. He's like, bravo, Harvey Comics. A stunning addition to the Casperverse. No notes. Ten stars. And we got him at the hospital. Dr. Hiver tells him that he has a... He has a... And as a result of the sour cream in his blood, his brain is completely starved of oxygen. <laughs> and it says, like, consequently, consequently, you're a moron. Ooh, a perfect ex explanation. Succinct and devastating. F infinite stars! And just, like, drops dead. And we cut to his coffin. This comic book guy. Heaven. Two stars. <laughs> He's back to normal. Next clip is... Ah, oh, brilliant one. Rise of the... Rise of the... Tongue twister there. Rise of the wise guys. It's the wise guy coming into Moe's, grabs a beer, sits beside yeah. Homer, <laughs> and Homer's like, hey, I know you. He's like, yeah, no, you don't. He's like, no, I've definitely seen you around before. It's a clip of him working in multiple places. One is him, like, delivering a package to Homer. He's like, is that he a chief? And another is him giving Homer a passport. Here's your passport, gorgeous. <laughs> uh, another is him, break oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's fixing Homer's car. He's like, brake pads a shot, tough guy. <laughs> he's making Homer a sandwich, one fat toasted honcho. <laughs> uh, he's operating on Homer, giving him like uh, an x-ray. Found your car keys, big shot. <laughs> and he come back to Moe's, he's like, those are all you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I guess I just have one of those faces, big guy. <laughs> we then cut to underground, we see a mother wise guy just continually <laughs> multiplying more more wise guys. And uh, they're all just lining up and doing their class like, hey, oh, hey, oh. This, yeah, that is like one of like the main theories. Is just, there's just multiple of these people. Yeah. There's also one about Mole Man, because we've literally seen Mole Man basically die so many times. But like the theory is that like he he's part of a community of mole men and there's just, just loads of them. So every time you've seen mole men like basically die that he is actually there. There are just like hundreds of them floating right, around Springfield. Okay. Which I'm surprised they didn't address but I guess they already this wise another one. Yeah. yeah this wise guy theory is too close to that. It would have been repetitive to do another gag about that. We didn't cut to the pseudonymous people again. They're still kissing over their masks but they fall off. The the British one is like the world has seen our exquisite symmetrical faces. And that we're in love, right? Yes, yes, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? It's stunning. As stunning as this list of abandoned episodes, the start of those clever titles that went nowhere. You just get a bunch of, like, 
I wouldn't even be surprised if these were real ideas at one point. One is from where, the, from whom the Mel bowls, just Sideshow Mel bowling, finding Blinky. It's like a Finding Nemo parody, but with Blinky. Uh, Sideshow Bob Ross, it's like Sideshow Bob dresses the painter, Bob Ross, trying to kill Bart with a paintbrush. Guest Stew's coming to dinner. Crystal Skinner and Disco Stew having dinner together. This Homerable Dismarriage. Homer marriage joined the military. Like, they're all things that could be episodes. Chum Kind of Wonderful. Martin's Made a Robot. Otto's Erotic Grass Fixation. An episode about Otto smoking some weed. Uh, Grimes and Misdemeanors. It's Frank Grimes falling into a crime scene because he spilled ice cream somewhere. <laughs> just like how unlucky that man is. A snake on a plane. It's just a snake chilling out on the plane, reading a, a Sky magazine. Washimon. Seems like marriage has brought Mr. Sparkle to life. Would have loved that episode. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in a Vest. A Western parody just with Nelson in the lead role. Wild Wild Vest. Same thing. Vest Side Story. It's all the bullies in like a parody of West Side Story. So you Frank you can France. Professor <laughs> Frank in Paris. Mo Money Mo Problems. Mo's wearing his suit. He's clearly found a... a Fallen into money and the final one is Kang 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 went the trolley. It's just like Kang in like a musical basically <laughs> I feel like Mo Money Mo Problems could easily be a title for an episode. Oh easily yeah <laughs> it could easily be something Mo falls into yeah. money creates a new drink that blows up anything like that isn't a title that can easily be an episode for sure yeah what was one I was going to mention there that I actually would like to see. I mean, I'd like to see any of the, the Western ones. I think Finding Blinky is a fun idea. That could be like a, a Triassic Horror episode or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that. There was something I wanted to mention there. Oh, the, the auto one is reminding me of another just random little Simpsons trivia I found out. I'm like slowly going through the, the commentaries on my DVDs. It gives me reasons to, to keep watching the DVDs because obviously with Disney Plus, I don't have as much of a reason anymore. Um... Thoroughly enjoying them. I was listening to the commentary of the Auto Show, and just again, like another piece of trivia I never knew is that apparently Matt Groening really liked Auto as a character, and the Auto Show was kind of like a test to see if they could like give him a spinoff. And he had like an idea of a spinoff, to, like every episode would follow Auto in the bus after he drops the kids off to school. So the first episode would be like what he gets up to in the bus after that you know after fulfilling his you know, job like I, I think we might have spoken about this before oh really when when i did that for seb's classics oh i don't i yeah. oh maybe i oh i'm repeating myself you as it happens you've done so many podcasts <laughs> maybe, well, I'm, I'm wondering if you did because you said you just found it out there maybe someone else told me but... maybe i mean i when i when i saw this only a few days ago i thought it was my first time finding it out but hey maybe i've repeated myself let us know in the comments below even though it's a podcast but yeah yeah that was like a test of could they do it? it was like one of the lowest ranked episodes of the third season unfortunately so that was i like that episode it's, it's not held in high regard at all no. um i like it but yeah that was a part of why he didn't end up making that show another thing was harry Shear had said that it's like the hardest character from the voice like if he's doing like imagine. yeah you can even tell he's down here like that like even if he has like one scene as also he finds that a struggle like doing it one episode where he was the main part was like a lot for him so like to do a whole show would have been too much yeah. obviously yeah Harry Shearer is just like such a from what I've heard maybe a bit of a bitter man it sounds like he's a little difficult to work with but at the same time I do appreciate he's he's clearly honest and he like he fights for exactly, what yeah. he fights what yeah. he believes in like he was in you know this is Spinal Tap yeah yeah he was one of the three guys in that and which is also in, in the auto show but like they they appear in it, but basically that movie like blew up was way bigger than anyone had ever expected it to be, 
and they never like signed away any like rights for merchandising because they didn't expect that to be a thing that would happen right but then the movie blew up and then i think it's universal was like getting t-shirts for spinal tap stuff like that and they were getting all of the royalties for it and the other two guys just kind of ignored it, but Harry Shearer was like, no, this is our property, we need to fight for this. So he took them to court and he got, like, I think something like 10% for each of them. 10% of merchandising rights. Brilliant, like, and the same years ago, maybe you don't remember, is he quit The Simpsons? Do you remember at any point no. news coming out being like, Simpsons voice actor leaves the show? No. This, no. this was probably like 2016, if I remember correctly, maybe 2015. It came out, Harry Shearer leaves The Simpsons. It was a massive news story. I remember being absolutely devastated. You know, it was being like, you know, this character leaving the show could lead to the loss of such characters as Mr. Burns, Principal Skinner, you know, Ned Flanders, like all these massive characters that he voices, some of the most major characters outside the family. But basically, what, what, what he was fighting for, why he left the show, was that they weren't, again, merchandising. They weren't getting any merchandise for the show, and his argument was, they're the voices, they have just as much reparation in why people love these characters mm -hmm. as the animators and the writers and stuff like that. And I agree with him. 20 plus years in, you know what I mean? I agree with him. So he risked losing his biggest job ever to get that. And eventually he did. And obviously he's still working on the show and all of the voice actors now, the six main voice actors, get some merchandising That's rights. Good. So, yeah. yeah, he's definitely... He sounds like an angry man from what I've heard of him, especially in that SNL book, which I mentioned on the podcast before. But he definitely fights for like what he believes in and stuff. And he's, he's honest, like, which is... The same with that, with that other thing I just mentioned, like, maybe that show would have happened if not for the fact that he was like, I'm not doing a show where I have to voice auto, like, all the time. So, yeah. Anyhow, where the hell was I? We go, we go back to the pseudonymous people, and they're wondering if two people abandoning from sharing, forbidden from sharing any personal information can really make a life um, together. But they, 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 they say they, they owe it to each other to try. The, the, the female is like, I can't wait until we're Mr. and Mrs. Redacted. And the FBI arrive and they're like knocking on the doors. They're trying to break in. And they say that if they're going down, they're taking the Simpsons down with them. And they're going to play the dog scene. We got doing just Homer sing on his own in the kitchen in the morning in his dressing gown. And Sansa Helper comes in, walking his hind legs, big smile on his face, talking. He's like, morning, Homer. Homer spits out his coffee. He's like, it's morning. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't hear about this theory. I don't know what that theory is that he actually can talk, but we just never see it. I don't know what that one is, but it was a funny little clip. We come back to the anonymous people and are surrounded, and uh, they've now queued up the worst clips to play one by one. And the, the British guy is like, "When I press this button, the Simpsons dies." And they press the button together. Very sweet. We cut to Wiggum and Sarah at Wiggum's house, and he's like. Enough with the lies. He's like, this is one of the biggest theories, of course. He's like, I know Eddie is Ralph's son. Look at the hair. And Sarah's like, Clancy, I swear to you, it's not true. We couldn't, or Eddie and Ralph come in holding hands. He's like, my son's breath smells like cat food. It's one of the biggest theories, isn't it? Because it's like Gigantic. so there. Like, yeah, they have the exact same hair. Yeah. He works for Chief Wiggle. It's funny. And you know, another connection I've made to make that theory more interesting is that he's like, He's a lot more quiet than Lou. Like, Lou talks way more. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe him and Eddie have a fictitious relationship because Wiggum secretly knows but he's in denial about it. So he doesn't talk to him as much as he talks to Lou. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. That's like a nice way to like add an extra detail to that theory. But yeah, that was really funny. I love the little reference to the cat food, the classic cat food quote as well. And, and, and then Sarah's just like, okay, you got me. I mean, another clip is just Lisa at a restaurant. She's like in like detective gear and a hat like like hiding yourself the men over her face just like whispers to a waiter I'll have the veal 
Next clip, it's Milhouse. Again, same quote. He just goes, enough with the lies. He's talking to Kirk and Luan. He's like, I did a DNA test. I'm not your son. And Kirk's like, oh, Luan, how could you? He's like, I'm not hers either. And they both just high five. <laughs> and Mills just goes, oh. Yeah, the funniest part of the episode, in my opinion. So funny. Just like classic Milhouse. His parents so high fiving. <laughs> so pathetic. So there's a theory that it's not his parents. I've never heard that theory before. That might have been them playing around. I've heard the theory that they're an incestuous couple. Right. Because they look alike. Of and course. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a funnier way to go about it, I think. That he's neither of their parents. And they're happy about it. It's just a funny, like, it's more Millhouse, you know. We didn't cut to Selma in a hospital bed. And again, just enough with the lies. This is a theory. She reveals to Marriage that she's actually her mother. And she, at the time, she was young and briefly hot. Marriage is like, well, who's my real father then? And Selma's like, his name was Disco. <coughs> Disco. <laughs> Passes out dead. Marriage is like shaking her like, Disco who? Disco who? <laughs> so stupid. I loved it. <laughs> we didn't cut to Willie. He's like, enough with the lies. <laughs> he's talking to his rake. <laughs> he's like in, in his little outhouse in the, in the school. And he's like, I'm not your real father. And and the rake turns away from him. But we pan out, we see it's just him turning the, the rake away himself. And he's like, I'm not your real father. I'm also not Scottish. I'm Welsh. <laughs> like, Please don't turn away from me, Reiki. <laughs> we didn't cut to... It's just like a bunch of weird scenes out of context. These are actual scenes from the show. But just like without context, you have no clue what they're yeah, about. Yeah. You probably didn't get any of them. It was, one of them is Homer kissing a kebab in the shower. Another is marriage and Lisa setting off on a spaceship. Another is Burns' eyeballs popping out and he's trying to like pop them back in. Another is Homer hiding from a bear in multiple toilets. Another is the jockey song from the season 11 episode, I think, Saddles or Galactica. And the final one is just Homer frying his leg, which is obviously from a Treehouse of Horror. Cut to, it's like the opening of the show where Homer like throws the rod, the nuclear rod out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> he throws it out and... Is a, a, a really handsome guy and it like falls in his ice cream yes, and he licks it and he just turns into Mole Man <laughs> and his girl, his beautiful girlfriend is there with him and he's like I'm still the same on the inside and she just like runs away like, oh <laughs> that random clip it's just uh, Chalmers whipping himself over a Jesus cross just sinner sinner <laughs> he's just they have to throw that in somewhere brilliant <laughs> <laughs> I love it honestly they, they do it so many times now it's just like the more they do, the stupider it gets, and I love it. Just variations of yeah. of the Skinner thing. So good. My favorite one is still the one of Poche Vilaki on fire when someone mentions something about fish spinners. He just goes, Spinner? Yeah. What's good is they so don't overdo dumb. it. No, they yeah. The moments. Yeah, you'll get like, you know, 15 episodes without, without it, and you're kind of like, okay, I guess yeah. they're done with that gag. And it just comes back, like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> we then cut to, I mean, this is probably the biggest theory of the whole show. It's Homer stitched up in a hospital bed. The family, he wakes up and Homer, or the family tell Homer that he was in a coma since he fell off Springfield Gorge. And uh, he's like, but I had so many adventures, more than 700. And Marge is like, none of that ever happened. It's like, the beast stories too? <laughs> I never had a pet lobster. I never went to space. What about the Halloweens? So, so good. I mean, that is one of the biggest theories of the show. So it's not actually Springfield Gorge. The theories I've heard, anyway, it's not like when he fell off Springfield Gorge. It's in season four. There's an episode where he falls into a coma, 
uh, because Bart put like an April Fool's prank on him where he like shook the like duff can really intensely and it blew up and he fell into a coma and the rest of the, rest of the episode was like a clip show um, so the theory there is like that he never came out of that coma and because like after season 4 when the show starts to get like really ridiculous like really crazy plot right, lines yeah, come yeah, in true. so it's like Homer is <laughs> dreaming all of this basically and he's like still in that coma that's the biggest theory I would say surrounding the show so I was happy they addressed that one it's a fair point as well <laughs> yeah yeah I mean literally season 1 to 4 are quite tame I mean it's still great but like quite tame like everything that happens in them could happen in real life yeah. then like you know season 5 you get like Homer going to space yeah it starts to get strange yeah yeah exactly like from that point onwards you get really really wacky episodes but yeah we then cut to the FBI finally breaking into the synonymous headquarters they arrest them both and the British guy is like on the what charge willfully endangering each other's loneliness I actually love that line and the girl is like if they take one more step she'll blow she'll blow the whole thing up and the FBI guy's like, so what? You already released Simpsons Files and no one cares. The only people who still watch that show are football fans who paused, who, who passed out with the TV on. And, but the girl's like, no, we've hacked into all of Disney's properties. That means Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar. We even got Nat Geo. It's like, oh, you monsters. And she says, if, if she presses this button, the only Hulk that ever existed will be Edward Norton. And she's like, I'm going I'm to leash Baby Groot, Baby Yoda, and their brand new top secret character, Baby Jeff Goldblum. On the one hand, the go, but I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention a guy. Oh my golly, it's me as a baby. I thought this was Jeff Goldblum. It is not. It is a brilliant TikToker who I do actually follow. Named Matthew Friend, who's just a brilliant impressionist. He oh, also okay. does, yeah, he also does great impressions of Howard Stern, Aaron Paul. I like, really like specific ones, like no one else does impressions of. And Jeff Gold was one of his most famous ones because, as you could hear from that clip, it is just so accurate. Like yeah. it's on the money. Like I, I literally thought this was Jeff Goldblum. But yeah, really funny. So they then decide to let them go. And uh, the British guy is like, "We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming." <laughs> or no, he's his regularly scheduled programming. One of the female FBI agents is like, <gasps> we didn't cut back. It's it's the regular Boy Scout episode, the conclusion of the Scouts episode. It's Homer and Marge yelling at a Scouts leader for losing the kids, and he's like, what kind of jamboree is this? And Lisa and Bart turn up covered in dirt. And it's just uh, exactly how a typical Simpsons episode would end. It was so self-aware. Is they asked if they can go home, turn on the TV, and never go outside again. And Homer's like, I've never been prouder. They hug and they walk off into the sunset and Homer's like while you were gone your mom and I almost got divorced over something insignificant luckily your dad apologized yep I got it down at this point it's all about the eye contact he knows what works we get our final tag it's just the two pseudonymous people driving off together in the sunset he's he's on, on, on his motorbike saying that they never got the bitcoin but they got each other and they learned that both of their names are ashley and they just and they fall in love even more they start kissing each other he's like oh ashley and the girl's like oh british ashley <laughs> and that concludes the episode i thought this was a wonderful weird different episode yeah i agree, agree. yeah after after you yeah no i i was so pleasantly surprised mm. um and what i liked the most was when they went back into the normal plot it was like just it completely made sense because it was such an ordinary episode in yeah that plot yeah and i loved that a bit at the end where um homer's like 
Oh, we we argued and made up over something like insignificant. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's so like on the money, so self aware of like a plot line they've done a thousand times already. Yeah, and um, no, I I was so pleasantly surprised, and it's one for the fans. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's an episode for the fans, and I think this this episode will be held in quite a high regard i think i'm not sure what yeah. the ratings are no it has been yeah no people yeah. loved it yeah and, and i thought it was hilarious because it's just we needed it just yeah just, just a, a gag episode totally as all it was gag after gag uh yeah totally um it's so good that i would give it a nine out of ten really wow yeah. high praise shit yeah yeah am i i that's I, probably I, my highest that must be my highest score yet for a non for, for a new episode yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would probably say so. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't. It's funny. Like, I, I remember when I, when I, when I re- revealed this episode was coming out. Like in, I say it as if I'm the one who revealed it to the world. That they told me first, and I announced it. As in, when I, when I spoke about it on Simpsons News, I remember you said, "I can tell from your description that I'm either going to love it or hate it." And there you go. You yeah, loved it. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gave it an eight point five. You're almost making me want to bring it up, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick to what I gave. I gave it an eight point five. I, I absolutely loved it as well. I just said that it was an incredibly creative and inventive episode. I said, while it may be lacking in a cohesive plot, which it obviously is, I said I was totally here for how unconventional and meta it was. I said I loved it addressing all the major conspiracies and theories surrounding the show. It felt like a loving and humorous way of letting the fans know that they hear them. You know what I mean? It's what it was. Even though it was, it was like joke a minute, there was no heart or anything like that. It, it did feel like their way of being like, telling the fans that they appreciate them and that we hear them, you know, because it goes to show just how intense of a fan base they had, that they have people creating these really insane theories and they're clearly addressing them being like, they're ridiculous, but let's poke fun of it, you know, and let the fans know that we appreciate them. So it, it did feel like a really loving thing. Yeah, it just made me really happy. It is one for the fans totally, as in like, you couldn't, if someone was like, I've never seen episode of The Simpsons before, you couldn't show them this, because they'd be like, what the fuck yeah, is this? Not, yeah. yeah, it is a, it, it is a love there to people like like us who have like dedicated so much time to just loving this show, you know what I mean? It just really felt like a, a thank you almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I absolutely loved this. Just how specific it was, all these references, all the throwbacks it gave. It even addressed ones you didn't think it would address, because they're kind of weird, like the Selma being Marge's mom, stuff like that, Homer in in a coma, like these darker theories that even addressed those ones, I just really appreciate it. Yeah, well, it's a great you, episode. I thought you were going to give it a 9 as well, to be honest. You're making me want to change it, but I, I, I should just stick with my 8.5, which, you know, rounded off, it is a 9, but, yeah, you know, I mean, 8.5. People probably know by now my rating system is so inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just unpredictable, I would say, more than inconsistent. Yeah, but as in, like, if you actually went through my ratings, you'd be like, well, you rated that, that, so that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the only person reading into that. I don't yeah, think anybody probably. else is like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but there are some times where you're like, oh, man, I love this episode. I thought it was really good. Like, you wouldn't have anything bad to say about it. Like, 7 out of 10. Like, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I mean, it was a great episode. It was something special. I mean, there's no episode like it, and I don't think there could be any episodes... There ever will be an episode like it. Like, it's mm-hmm. so unique that I wouldn't judge you for giving it a nine because it is just so special in that way. Anyhow, moving on, let's jump into the news. Pre-recorded from London City, it's a very bad impression of Kent Brockman letting you know it's time for Simpsons News. Only one piece of news. I thought it was 
this was a hilarious piece of news, actually British related. It was Channel 4 received like tons and tons of praise over Twitter and Facebook and everything else. So on the day of the, of the teachers union strike, which I think was last Thursday, they aired Last Sex at the Springfield, which is an episode about workers' rights. Um, so they, they aired an episode on Walkout Wednesday. <laughs> so they got loads of praise for that. Like, oh, like that's so clever with the way you did that Channel Four. Thank you so much, like, for just let, letting letting us know that you hear us, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Channel Four put a tweet the next day, basically just saying that that was a complete coincidence. Oh wow, <laughs> that's mad. <laughs> I don't think it's that crazy. It's like it's expected, you know. Yeah. I, I, I believe it. <laughs> I think it's funny they're getting so much praise for it and what most companies would probably do would be like, oh yeah, it was totally intentional. I just love Channel 4's honesty being like, it was just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But yeah, moving on to my news. I mean, I guess I can't call my news site anymore. I've done it like three or four times. My new my newest segment, all but the first ten. <laughs> So since this was like an experimental, like out there episode, I decided to do a top five of like other episodes kind of in that ballpark. You know what I mean? And I mean, the, the uh, episodes like this is where the the newer seasons really do shine, as in like the everything after the first 10 seasons, because there's not that, there's a few, but there's not that many of these kind of episodes in the earlier seasons. So number five, I went for The Surfsons, which is the first episode of season 29. That's like a... Uh, it's a fantasy episode. It's set in a fantasy world, and the, the Simpsons are the Simpsons, and the characters are the same. And the, 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 the way that plotline is, is drawn out is really fun. It's like a parody of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and everything else. And it was actually Matt Groening testing out if he could do something set in the fantasy world, which then led to him making this enchantment. Right, right. But yeah, really great episode. Number four, Behind the Laughter, is season 11. One that people would be more familiar with, I'm sure. It's like a. Uh, it's like a behind-the-scenes episode. It's like, imagine that, that the characters are all actual actors making a show. Have you seen it? What season is it? 11, Behind yeah, the Laughter. Yeah, yeah it's one. the last episode of season 11. Yeah, I, I I love Behind the Laughter. Easily, like, my top 30 episodes of the whole show, I would say. It's a really fun, experimental, yeah, different episode. Number three, I went for Thanksgiving of Horror, season 31. So that's actually been reviewed on this podcast. Just a great, it, it's like Three Hours of Horror, the same typical setup, it's that, it's that every story is set on Thanksgiving. So that was a fun little inventive way to like mix up the formula. Number two, Road Cincinnati, season 32. I've mentioned this one uh, numerous times. It's been reviewed on the podcast also. That's the episode yeah. that follows Skinner and Chalmers and then the family are in it. It's a great experimental out there episode. And number one had to be one of my, I would say top 20, Trilogy of Error, season 12. That's the one where you get like, Homer's Day, Bart's Day, and Lisa's Day. So it repeats yeah. itself every time. I mean, I, I that episode would be a bit, a bit more well-known. But if people have an episode, I would recommend it so much. You want an Emmy for, for good reason. Just so well-written, so clever. You can tell they put so much work into making... You know, they, they repeated so many things, and you find out how things happened. I think it was... It was Homer's Day, Homer's Day first, then Lisa's Day, then... Bart's Day, and then when you get the Bart's Day at the end, it's like everything comes together so brilliantly. It's just such a well-written and, like I said, different episode. So yeah, more alternative episodes of the show that I would highly recommend. And Seth's classics. I went for the last episode, season ten. Yeah. Uh, Thirty minutes over Tokyo. Yeah. Is it a parody on a film title? Thirty minutes. Like? 
30 minutes over... Hmm, I mean, it sounds like it I probably it's is. Like 30 um, hours over Tokyo or something. Oh, really? I'm, I've, maybe. I have no idea. But it probably is a fair... It, it sounds like... Not something that they came up with, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I love this episode. And I love it as well. Yeah. And, and it's... Uh, one of my favourite Harley episodes, actually. It's definitely one... I must have had this one on VHS because it's one I remember watching loads back in the day. Yeah, I remember I had I had a DVD called Around the World in 80 Does and it was four episodes where they go to different parts of the world. Right. This, this is it one of them. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I remember this episode fondly it's as well. quite a few iconic moments. Of course. Um, they're stranded in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, Homer uses their last one million yen to make origami <laughs> to cheer up Lisa. Yeah. So, you know, he's not a dick yet. Flies um, away. Um, yeah. Um, Although he is also breaking into Flanders' house to get, to get more money. Yeah. And Flanders is so chill about it, being like, no, oh, come on, Homer. You know, you can't, you, you can't just burglar us every single time you, you run out of money. <laughs> Love that. And he, like, takes his tickets to go to some seminar. And he also just takes the thing on the fridge, like... <laughs> holding it to get together great bit but yes continue and, um, what I love is just like how obnoxious Homer is in Tokyo and it's, <laughs> yeah. to, it's to be expected you yeah it's gonna happen but it's, it's him it's, embracing the culture like, like too much the first place he wants to go is America town leave a place called America town I love the American town place as well it's just like an Asian guy trying to seem American he's wearing a t-shirt that says UCLA Yankees and I think bacon yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous um and they end up going on a game show to get the money to leave. Oh, yeah, and on the game show, the host is like, well, what are you guys looking to win? And Homer's like, I think I speak, I speak for my whole family when I say we would love a free meal in America Town. And he's like, no, 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 we want to take us back to Springfield. <laughs> and, and it's just sort of like a piss take on how extreme Japanese game shows are. Yeah, and, and you see some of these clips. They are, obviously, it's an exaggeration, but they are close to that. Yeah. They, they do, like... Just destroy people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, an exaggerated version of that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's hilarious. So like, funny. But it ends up, you know, they, they win. They, they end up falling in lava, but it ends up being orange soda. Yeah, and of like, it burns, it burns. It turns out there's wasabi in the soda. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did a great job on this episode. I mean, like, not making it offensive. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 but, they're, they're, they go there. But yeah, just to the point, you know. Yeah, they do. They they they're really good at doing that. But I mean, I wouldn't care anyway if they made tasteful, offensive jokes. But it was yeah. tasteful, and they somehow made it not offensive. Yeah, but it was still like it didn't feel safe either. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, a solid example would be the seizure bit. They're watching some Japanese cartoon. Like, I think they're just called fighting seizure robots. Yeah, and they just start having a seizure, and it's 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 the the two kids and the three kids in marriage and. Homer just sees it and he's like, okay, and joins in. <laughs> like, well, I'm, I'm hungry after all that seizing. <laughs> um, and yeah, like it, it's it's a great episode. It's it's one of them again so where it's just like gag after gag. Yeah, so many iconic is, moments. It's one of the funniest episodes, I think. You think? I love it too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I would go for, I think this is probably an, a nine. Nine, yeah, nine, I, yeah. I, I think I gave it a nine as well. I think some of the reasons what you just said, I definitely find it really nostalgic. It holds a special place in my heart, but also I think it really holds up. Like, I hadn't seen this one in yeah, it does. a couple of years at least, and I just had so much fun with it. I see, I, now I've given it a nine, I'm like, 
I've given both episodes to nine. That's okay. You don't have to change things around. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to judge yourself for being praising of something. Um, I, I also loved Homer like breaking into. I don't know. You call those sliding doors that they have in in Tokyo. The sliding doors that they that they have in, we're just constantly just running through them. Yeah, that's <laughs> going right through them. And Mario's like, Homer, you're supposed to. You're supposed to slide the doors. I don't have time for that. <laughs> or the, the sequence where they're just trying out different things in in Tokyo, Homer and Barry, and they go to like a sumo wrestling thing, and Homer just like knocks the guy out, and the guy just comes up to him and is like, "I am, I am the emperor." And he's like, he's, he's gonna be like discovered for something. You think that's gonna be like the big plot of the episode? And Homer just knocks that guy out and throws him into a bin of like used sumo wrestling underpants <laughs> so stupid he starts they all start booing him he's like i'm clabrosaurus i'm clabrosaurus <laughs> just such a ridiculous segment and there's a bit where woody allen is doing a commercial <laughs> which is such a thing that like huge celebrities have gone course, to tokyo yeah. to make these really expensive like a commercial where he got like loads of money that's what blossom translation is course, a yeah. reference to yeah and he's just like oh i'm bananas for whatever it is that he's marketing like oh i go bananas for this and he just Pause and goes, oh, what did I do to deserve this? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, just, I, I, I could mention so many great guys in this episode. It gets super fun. And yeah, I think I'd, I'd give it a nine as well. It's a classic, a solid con- conclusion to the 10th season yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, a great season. It seems like I, th- I think definitely doesn't get the credit it deserves because it's so like a lot of people see it like one to nine or like. The, the the last great seasons. I think season ten is a fantastic season. I think it's better than season nine, personally. Yeah, moving on to how do we we, we do the questions first? Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't put up any new posts this week because we actually had two questions from the last time I did a post, but they came in after we did the podcast, so I didn't see them on right, time. Okay. So two more questions. So these are like just just from follow ups from then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're listening now and you didn't get you're like why didn't you ask my question last week it was because i didn't we did the podcast before you posted it basically so you know worry no more here are us answering your questions so penanigans a great friend of mine back from cork who does lovely art pieces on instagram um asked who's your favorite of homer's friends except for mo well he was clever because obviously we're going to say mo yeah that's, yeah that's a good question isn't it who's your favorite other than so i guess our options there's a few options, I guess, but the yeah. main ones would be Lenny Carroll and Barney. I think I'd go for Lenny. I love Lenny. I think he's just really funny and weird and, and specific in his in, in the things that make him funny. I Overall, I would say Lenny. Yeah. But in more recent seasons, Chief Wiggum, because they're sort oh, that's of true. friends. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Friends. So that's an honourable mention, but I'd also go for Lenny, yeah. That's a good point, yeah. I, another honourable mention for me would be Super Ten Chalmers. We haven't seen too much of your friendship yet, but we got enough that you could say he's one of Homer's friends. And I love their dynamic together. I mean, in terms of like consistently, he's always been Homer's friend, and I think he's a really funny character. I'd go for Lenny. I mean, Lenny hasn't gotten his due yet. I'd love to see a Lenny focused episode, but at the same time, it's like almost what makes him interesting is that there's kind of a mystery to him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, what is this guy's deal? That the eyes thing, I will always find hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like in that episode I think they're just waiting for the right moment yeah they find the right story I, I like that they know they can take their time now like they're never going to get cancelled so it's like we'll wait until we find the right story to to tell about Lenny there, there is a Carol episode coming up this season so I'm looking forward to that I love Carol too but mm. yeah, that's a big one I'd say Lenny oh another great bit in 30 minutes over Tokyo is when they're watching Homer on the on the game show 
And Lenny's like, "Why? Well, home was on a game show in Japan. In Japan. What the hell? And Mo's like, wait, that's home. Who's been who's been using up his bar tab? It's just Barney dressed oh, up yeah. as Homer. He's like, uh, don't. Oh. Uh, woohoo. Uh, that boy ain't right. <laughs> he just runs away. <laughs> so great. Yeah, I mean, I love all of Homer's friends. But if I had to pick one, I would go for um, Lenny. And the final question is uh, Sean O'Callaghan, a good buddy of mine from Cork, who I used to work with. Thank you for the question, Sean. Goes, what character deserves a solo episode? I mean, loads. We, we, we mentioned one. We, just Lenny, then. 100%. I'd um, love to see Lenny episode. But other than that... Other than Lenny. Yeah, someone who hasn't had an episode. I mean, I don't know if he deserves one, but I would love to see one. Is this go Stew? <laughs> He'd be an interesting character to give more depth to. The sea captain would also be great. Yeah. love to know his story. Because he doesn't, it seems to be suggested that he doesn't come from Springfield. So I'd love to see like what his origins were, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of characters who have had episodes, obviously. So it's got to think like more nichier ones. Lou, I think mm-hmm. would be cool because he's like a more competent police officer. Like we got plenty of Wiggum. Like, what's Lou's story? You know, that'd be cool. Yeah, do you have any? Um, I think a cool episode would be one from the point of view of the pets. The pets, interesting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's like their episode. Yeah. But you sort of see everything through. Yeah, I mean, we have through. had Sans Lauber episodes, but obviously that's from, like, Homer, usually Bart's perspective. Yeah. Yeah, true. That is like, it's actually you're following Sans Helper. That'd be interesting. Maybe, like, a day in the life of Sans Helper. Yeah. It's like when the family all leave the house, like, what does he get up it, to? It could be, like, a two-parter episode where it's, like, both of them. Snowball and yeah. then Sans Helper. Yeah, that could be cool. I'd love that. Or you could do, like, a... A three like one episode that's broken up in three parts. One that could be Snowball, one that could be Samson Helper, one that could be Spire Pig. That's that could be fun, I know. I'd like to see Spire Pig again. Uh yeah, I mean there's so many characters. Like who else would I would I not mind seeing an episode of? I I I I'm just going into like fringy territories now. Like Wendell could be an interesting one with a kid who's always vomiting. Yeah. Like what's his deal? You know, it's like characters that we know nothing about are ones I think would come to my mind a bit more. You know what I mean? Because like we haven't had too many just Barney episodes. Yeah. But we know enough about him through Homer that I don't feel like we need an episode. I would love to like, find out more about some of these people who we haven't gotten too much depth to. Like Miss Hoover, I'd like to see more of Gil. You know, there's so much characters that they have given themselves to, but there's so much that they could give so much more depth to that mm-hmm. I would love to see, yeah. If I was to say one, I would say the sea captain, because there's there's clearly such an interesting backstory there that we haven't gotten into. You know what I mean? So I'd Mo love Man. to see that. Moleman, yeah. yeah, sure. What's his deal? Give him, give him a whole episode. Maybe yeah. like Lisa like starts caring for him or something like that, and we find out what his story is yeah he's someone that has always only ever been a punchline mm-hmm. so it would be cool to see like what, what actually is his backstory you know I feel like a part of why they haven't given him too much is because well first they, they like the mystery of him but also that um, maybe they like the theory so they haven't jumped into it because they kind of like the, the fan theory that there's multiple mole men because the mm-hmm. gag is almost always that he dies you know Rainier Wolfcastle would be cool too he's like a show business person maybe who, yeah I mean, maybe you could argue his storylines could be very similar to Krusty's. We get plenty of show business storylines through Krusty, but it'd be cool to see like what his story is, like the the action man type thing, like the action hero background. Oh, you could, you could do because we haven't seen McBain in so long. You could do like an episode where he's like trying to revive his career or something. You know, maybe like Homer becomes his agent. Like that's how you get the family back in on it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so many characters. Like I could keep going. I'd love to see more of the bullies. 
like Jimbo, Kearney, and Dolph. Like you've seen plenty of Nelson, but we haven't. We don't have much backstory for Jimbo, Kearney, and Dolph. I love to know what their deal is. You know, yeah. yeah I mean, there's some. I, I I could keep going. I I will stop there. But there's so many characters deserve an episode. If I was to give one concrete answer. I'll go with the sea captain. You're gonna go with the pets. I'll go with the pets. Yeah, yeah both interesting answers. Yeah. Anyhow, concluding, wrapping up the podcast as always with recommendation of the week, baby. Rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. yeah. First one. Rock, paper, scissors. We both got paper. Rock, paper, scissors. Hey, scissors beats paper, bitch. <laughs> so I gave. Have you ever seen a guy more competitive over rock, paper, scissors? Scissors beats paper, bitch. <laughs> but yeah, um, I went for two, but they, they kind of connect, so I'm not, I'm not cheating this time. They kind of connect. No, they, they, they do connect. That's fine. So when I was home in Ireland, I binge watched all of Ted Lasso. I know I'm late to the parody because it is a critically acclaimed show. It's won a bunch of Emmys. Like it doesn't need a plug. But for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's just a good vibes show. It just makes you feel good. It has a wonderful message about just being a good person and just trying to inspire people to be the best people they can by you just being nice. And just, it has such a simple message that just how much you can do for the world, for the people you love around you, just by being a nice person. It just has a wonderful message. But it's also hilarious. There's great characters you care about. There's a great storyline and great conflict there. It's a wonderful show. Jason Sudeikis is fantastic in it. Uh, the third season comes back next week, I think. Maybe in two weeks' time. And I'm so excited for it. It's coming out week by week. So it'll be cool to kind of go back to that old-fashioned, like, looking forward to an episode every week thing. Which I haven't done in a long time. Because most streaming shows just give it all out at once. So that'll be fun. And I, I, I bought Apple TV specifically to watch Ted Lasso when it comes out. Great show. So on top of that, I'm going to recommend Apple TV Plus because since I got it, I've been watching some of their other stuff. They got some cool niche things on there. I also started watching Shrinking, which is made by the same people who made Ted Lasso, not just Sudeikis, but Brett Goldstein, who you'd know from Derek, and he's also in Ted Lasso. Brett Goldstein, Bill Lawrence made it. Bill Lawrence created Scrubs, so like Scrubs, Ted Lasso, and Shrinking all have that kind of like drama mixed with comedy like vibe that you'd know by now I absolutely love and Shrinking is great it has a similar message of, like being a good person and stuff but it does it in a different way so it's Jason Segel I also love Jason Segel I, I, he's one of my favourite actors around I, 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 I'm I obsessed with him but it's Jason Segel and he plays a psychiatrist who tries to get like more personally involved in his patient's life but to like an almost like you know unprofessional degree yeah. and it's done really well. And then, like, the head psychiatrist in, like, the company they work for is played by Harrison Ford. Interesting. And Harrison Ford is, honestly, controversial statement I'm about to make here. I think it is the best actor I've ever seen him do. Fair enough. I mean, because a lot of what he's done is just... Typical action movie yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. So... But in this, he's a psychiatrist who has his own demons to battle. He's also going through Parkinson's. So he has all that going on. But it's also a really funny show. So you get to see, like, loads of, like, silly bits of Harrison Ford that are really fun to see. Like, there's a whole episode where he just gets like really high like that one's super fun and i've always seen from interviews and stuff that harrison ford is a really funny man every time i've seen him like why are they utilizing that this man is actually has comedic talent so this is my first time really seeing that comedic ability he has being like taken advantage of obviously you see like you know harris or not harrison ford indiana jones and Han so like you know saying like kind of like funny little one-liners but they're still like mainly action hero stars so it's cool to sing a, an almost like purely comedic role, but still with some dramatic parts. But yeah, highly recommend Ted Lasso and Shrinking. 
Honestly, I love everything Bill Lawrence creates. I also would make it, re- recommend Scrubs, but just in terms of like things that have came out recently, they're both really good shows. Shrinky's not done yet. It's also coming out week by week. I think there's like three episodes left. I binged it for a seven. Absolutely love it. Yeah, they're both good shows, good vibes, funny, but with like deeper, yeah. deeper meanings I, I, behind I the funny. I need to get to Ted Lasso. If I want to watch that. Highly recommend it. I mean, if you watched the first two seasons before the third one comes out, we could watch the... Yeah, third season yeah, together <laughs> I can't wait to freaking get back into it it's just it's just a wonderful written show good vibes everything recommend so much for that reason I recommend Apple TV Plus I think it's one of the most unique streaming services out there from my from my uh, from what I've seen because they don't have any they haven't bought any content it's all original stuff yeah. which I think is really cool they literally gambled on only their own original and content. You know what? A lot of people shot them down when it first came out and were like, "This is going to be terrible. This looks shocking." Yeah, yeah. You need to buy your own. You need yeah. to buy stuff to, to to bring people to it. But it's everything they brought out. You you can tell they're very picky about their projects, and it, pretty much everything they brought out on the site had been critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. So you, they know what they're doing. Like you know, it speaks to Apple as a company because obviously they didn't bring anything out, and then it's like, yeah, tried and tested and perfect. And that seems to be the same thing with the content I've seen on it. Like Cha Cha Real Smooth is a movie I watched on it as well. Similar kind of drama, comedy thing. Great, great movie. I recommend that also. It just it's just a good streaming service. It's it's worth giving a go. Like it's just it, if you want something truly unique, like that's what Apple TV Plus has. It's it's not relying on any established IP. It's all original content. It just like makes you hopeful. Like a big company are taking a gamble on of course. Yeah. actual original stuff. You know, love to see it. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> your recommendation. I'll go for two as well then. Yeah, uh, go for it. Both quick ones. Um, nice. One is uh, The Street, which is a documentary. Mm. I think it's on Prime. Okay. Um, and it's about a street in Hoxton, which is in East London. All oh, right. Um, and it's one of the few areas in East London, centrally East London, mm. that isn't gentrified yet. Quotation marks. It's gentrified, I mean? So gentrifying is basically areas that get taken over by investors, or, oh, uh, richer okay. people, industrialized, to open, up, open up stuff that takes the natural consumerism away from the area and yeah. drives the people who are from the area out. Yeah, I totally get you. Um, Starbucks. So it's like a really classic London street. So it's got like a pie shop, and there's not many of them left. Mm. Um, it's got like furniture shops, you mm. know, fruit and veg markets. Like, just... have you been there? Uh, I've never been to this street. No. Okay. It's like you know, classic East London. You know, you need that sort of stuff to keep London, London. You know. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's it's about because it's sort of being taken over, and it's oh. sort of interviewing people who are taking over right and also the residents that still live there yeah um so you get you get some very interesting perspectives but also like some very harsh points of views yeah clearly not very educated points of views as well right um it doesn't really like hold back it's like look, if this person's going to be racist they're going to be racist We're not. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just showing um, you who these people are it's yeah. a very honest documentary um but a lot of them don't know much better as well and, and they, they're from this area and yeah. the fact that they're being forced out mm. it must be horrible. It's horrible, yeah. Um, but yeah, great watch because it sort of looks at both sides. 
That's cool. Um, it's not objective. Yeah. I like uh, to hear it. The streets. The street. The street. The street. Yeah, yeah. I didn't look that up. Sounds cool. And I also recommend a musician called nice. um, Robert Glasper, who's okay. um, I think people that know modern jazz will know him. Right. But um, it's like he's a jazz pianist mm. musician. American. English? American. Yeah. He also like has his band that he'll tour with. Nice. Um, and he's one of these modern jazz musicians that hasn't tried to evolve the genre which is fine mm. he keeps it very very classic yeah sure and he's still somehow found harmonies that I've never heard before and right yeah. so in very, that classical very interesting you saw him once modern jazz that sounds a little bit classic it's he's he's the way to go yeah nice nice it's yeah. it's unique but not in trying to go yeah, against what jazz is it's a great it's a great start even it's a great start into jazz if people want to get into jazz that's yeah. cool so what's his name again Robert like Robert Glasper Glasper yeah Glasper how you spell that G-L G-L-A-S-P-E-R oh Glasper okay yeah. <laughs> Glasper Glasper because English people don't pronounce ors which means <laughs> Sebastian has spoken about before <laughs> you create a language we don't pronounce one of the letters and you just pronounce it too much <laughs> I know yeah we were saying that it was like if because I, I, I'd i say like you know the Kate Blanchard movie Tar where she was especially would say Ta so yeah. it's like if we met up halfway we would be a normal person that would say the words normally <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess we'll leave on that message <laughs> guys thank you all as always for listening and we will see you all really really soon we always as long this time we promise sayonara see you later baby